This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Open for Business is powered by Bosbole.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9, good morning, folks. It's me, Rich Bradbury, and of course, you're listening to Open for Business, the show that dives deep into the journeys and ventures of entrepreneurs and business leaders. Today on the show, we're diving into the dynamic world of co-living, a a modern concept that has redefined the way we experience shared spaces. Co-living spaces are often characterized by communal living arrangements and a strong sense of community and have become increasingly popular, particularly amongst working professionals who are seeking flexible and vibrant living solutions. And at the forefront of the co-living movement is Bespoke Habitat, a company that's been shaping the landscape of shared spaces since their establishment in 2019. They have been uh, creating flexible and affordable housing solutions in Singapore, and now the company has expanded their footprint to Malaysia, specifically in Johor Bahru, Uh, unveiling an exclusive co-living space designed to cater to the needs of the ever-mobile working professional. To explore the evolving trend, the state of co-living spaces in Malaysia, and what the future future holds for Bespoke Habitat, I'm joined today by Ernie Ong, co-founder of Bespoke Habitat. Ernie, Happy New Year and welcome to the show. Happy New Year. Thanks for having me. I'm very happy to be on the show. Absolute pleasure to have you here. Where are you right now? Are you down in JB or you're over in Singapore? No, I'm actually in Singapore now. Okay. So I'm uh, managing both countries uh, at the moment. Busy, busy new start to the new year that I'd imagine. Yes, definitely. Uh, especially when the number of rooms that's increased and serving thousands of tenants, that is really uh, eye-consuming at the moment. Well, I, I, I'm thinking of headaches already, and that's before I have a hangover. Now, uh, Ernie, let, let's jump straight into things. You know, tell me a little bit about yourself uh, and, and the kind of beginnings of, of Bespoke Habitat. How did it happen? Uh, no problem. Um, I, I started as working in the tech space for a while, and I, I do like uh, property investing. Mm. And this is where interested in property. Mm-hmm. As no in in that started, there is actually a limitations of residential properties that can get due to the cooling measures, and it is something that can't scale up in the residential space. Yeah. So in twenty nineteen, um, you know, as a passionate guy, see property investing, I tried upon uh, the co sharing, uh, economic models of co living, mm. and I thought, hey, it's actually, it's actually cool, and I can actually scale up. It's a very light assets business model. And I, I started this with my wife. Mm. So the two of us started the first journey when we got our first unit, we presented to the landlords. And I say that, hey, I, I want to manage the property for you. And I want to serve a group of working professionals. Mm. And the first landlord agreed to support me. And of course, uh, how we got started is definitely not easy. You know, I still remember that how we scrubbed the toilets, beautified the whole units stitch it up nicely and yeah, and we scale up from there. Right. And so uh, it has been a while and uh, we are now serving uh, 2,000 over tenants at the moment. Now, there are some unwritten rules that some people talk about in business and one of them is going into business with your family. Um, you know, how, how is it, you know, I, I don't want to put you too much on the spot, but how is it working with your wife? I mean, a, a lot of people... You might have difficulty with having a family member working with them, but you know, how has it been for you? 
Uh, so far, um, it has been great. Um, she, both of us are, we have aligned in the system of our arrangement in our business goal and also making a balance family. I feel yeah. lovely girl, 12 years old and 9 years old this year. And we, we want to strike a balance between business and personal life. Mm. So we do have a structure of time frame. Example, like we got to be back home 6.30 for dinner. Yeah. We end at 8.30. We're going to do our second round of business structured um, arrangement or discussion. It's all only after 8.30 p.m. Right. So we, we do have a very structured model and both of us agree. And yeah, it works fine. It works fine and... I really like it uh, working together with my wife. Ah, you're saying all the right things now, Andy. Is she listening? <laughs> no, she's definitely not listening. <laughs> okay. Now, but, um, no, please carry on. No, because, uh, you know, when we, we started together as a, as we always mentioned, I always mentioned about couple alignment. Couple alignments is, is very important. Mm. Uh, it took me about years to convince her to join me on the entrepreneurship journey. Mm-hmm. She has been also in and it took me many years about hey, we should build the sets through property investing. And slowly, hopefully one day we can plan to get our red risk. That, that was the initial idea. Yeah, and right. We do it. We build out our property portfolio. Uh, I bundle our red race and create alignment. And I say, why don't you come into business? And that was the time that she opened. And we do have a different uh, point of view. It's definitely not so straightforward at the beginning. But when the team started to grow, uh, when we first started, just two of us, but now we have about 80 of us. And we do have different business units taking care of different business function. Things start to be much better. At the beginning of this, it's definitely, there's a lot of bumpy rights. It's just right. normal. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, all good to go. Now, um, you, you know, you, you were talking about kind of at, at the beginning you were involved in property and finding it difficult to scale up and and one thing or another. Um, do you think that was a, a a Singapore specific problem that kind of encouraged you to do that? Because obviously, we 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 hear about you know property in Singapore is can be very difficult to get and can be very expensive. Uh, was this a kind of Singaporean solution at first? Yes, uh, we started because we, we know that there's a, there's a demand in this space. Especially, you know, when I was doing my corporate work, uh, I do have a lot of foreign friends that's coming to Singapore. Mm. And they're probably in a, a good locations that's affordable. So, so that was where I knew that, hey, there's actually a, a space that we can actually provide solutions to them. Yeah. And this is where we and we started to see the occupancy rates and is maintaining at a certain level during the the good time, the bad time, it's still it's still good. Mm. So that is where I know that it fit in the solutions at this space now. So what do you think sets you know you guys uh, bespoke habitat apart from maybe some of the other co living providers? Because I, I know there are other providers down in Singapore, and I know there are some over here in, in Malaysia too. What do you do differently? We. I would say the focus point of the uh, customer demographics that who we want to target with uh, set us apart differently. Mm-hmm. So, for example, we have friendly uh, competitors, uh, uh, co-living operators. They, they might want us to target on a niche market. 
Yeah. Meaning that it may be much more, a few thousand, couple of thousand dollars more than us. So when we start to know that which are the group of customers that we want to work with, we we are very focused in that area. Mm. And we build within that space. Mm. And, and know that in these customer segments, we, we are the champion in that space. Mm-hmm. So on top, we don't do outsourcing model. Everything is 100% in-source, which includes our facility management team, aircons, cleaning, handiwork. Everything is all in our in-source model. We are the only right. ones that runs 100%. And of course, um, uh, embarking on to the technological journey, everything's uh, using digitization solutions. So this right. is really us differences compared to others. Mm-hmm. So you started roughly around 2019. Um, mm. Can we talk a little bit about funding, uh, how you kind of raise funds to get started? Was it something that was bootstrapped from your own savings and maybe liquidation of assets or whatever? Or did you look into angels or did you look into VCs or how did you do it? Yeah, um, for the beginning, it's just a bootstrap from my own, right? Together with my wife. However, when we manage about 70 properties, uh, I have a very good friend of mine. Um, love the way that how we run. Uh, he's an angel investor and pumping uh, sing dollars and million dollars to us. So that's where we have the first funding that come in and we continue to grow. And now we are on the ways to our series A, uh, completing our 5 million rounds. So, wow. yeah, so continues to expand to overseas. And uh, the first stop that we did is in Chawabar. Mm-hmm. How many properties are you looking at now then from Singapore across into JB? How many do you have in total? We have about 400 uh, in Singapore now. Wow. And we uh, we have near 50 that is in Doha. And we are expected to grow to another 50 over percent uh, for the next two years. So this is where there's a certain level of expansions that we are working on. Uh-huh. Uh, and I assume at this point you are profitable. Uh, uh, yes, at the moment, uh, we are very blessed. Yeah. And we want to continue to do the right stuff. Comfortably profitable, I'd imagine, by the look on your face as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we are. We are. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, let's take a, a short break here, Ernie. Um, folks, I'm on the phone with Ernie Ong. He is uh, one of the co-founders of uh, Bespoke uh, Habitat. We'll be back in just a few moments. We are talking about co-living spaces, and the, the. I think we'll speak a little bit about community, Ernie, when we come back as well. How important that is. You tuned in, of course, to Open for Business, the show that dives deep into the journeys and ventures of entrepreneurs and business leaders. We'll be right back after these messages here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Bloggers for Malaysia, BFM 89.9. Open for Business is powered by BossBolle.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. 
BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back, folks. Of course, it's me, Rich Bradbury, and you are tuned into Open for Business. It's a show that dives deep into the journeys and ventures of entrepreneurs and business leaders. I am uh, speaking with Ernie Ong. He is uh, behind the co-living movement, uh, Bespoke Habitat, a company that has been shaping the landscape of shared spaces since their establishment in 2019. Thanks for sticking around, Ernie. Um, Four years... And that's very rapid growth, it seems to me, the amount of properties that you now have under your belt. And with rapid growth, of course, comes responsibility. Um, and with responsibility comes stress. Uh, you know, and, and I imagine it's not been the easiest of journeys to get to where you are right now. Can you maybe talk to me about some of the hurdles and, and maybe pitfalls that you've encountered over the past couple of years. I mean, and within that, of course, we're talking about a pandemic. A pandemic is in the middle of all of this. Hmm. No problem. I'll, I'll give a very quick snapshot of things that I have come by so far. Yeah. Uh, during the first journey when we started between just my wife and myself, um, when we rent a few properties, that's the easiest things to do. Mm. You, you don't really do a lot of stuff and it's just about managing a bunch of uh, nice tenants and we, we are unable to know them by name. Yeah. That is when we first start. Yeah. However, when properties start to grow, when once you hit about 50 to 100 units, that is the time that we, we need to think through how we're going to plan and run it like an enterprise model. Mm. We start to have difference coming in, the finance, the HR, uh, the partner success manager and a lot of other stuff is coming. So when whenever is coming, we we continue to support them based on how we run it initially, mm-hmm. because that, that we we want to be very personal level to to serve our our tenant. However, when the business grows to a certain level, we no longer can use the initial models of how we serve our tenants. Right. Things have to change. Yeah. Especially especially in twenty twenty two to twenty twenty three, which is last year, we didn't expect on the growth that we are expecting mm. and the teams that we had are not catered are not catered to that kind of growth. Mm. And a lot of things didn't go out well. And we start to relook into the whole process. How are we going to digitize the process and use technologies to help us to to support the business? Mm-hmm. So in short, in this journey, we move on from a very dedicated group of people that know all the tenants by name. But now when we start to run by volume, we really need to use technologies to help us. And especially in during COVID period, um, I did mention that I'm very blessed. A lot of my friends are being affected during COVID my business boom during COVID. Mm. So that was a very uh, opportunity that I write on because people are not moving out to work. They want to increase their living experience in the in the house. And this is where they like the place that we are providing. Mm. And our business. What do you what do you account that boom to, Ernie? I mean, obviously we know that the, the cost of living is rising. And I'd imagine like all living spaces are in general, cheaper all around for somebody to live into, uh, to move into. Do you think that's part of it or do you think there's something else behind it? Um, 
I would say that there's two parts that is happening and to make these things success. Mm. COVID have changed the way of how people decided to work. Yeah. Because of things and working from home. This was this is actually a very major uh, changes to make people decided to find a place to stay and to stay there happily. That's mm-hmm. one part. Mm-hmm. Also, and a lot of people start to understand about co-share model in the economic. Yeah. yeah. They know that, hey, instead of me paying for the whole kitchens or me paying for the whole living space, now I co-share a portion with the rest of the tenants. And it did make sense. Uh, based on our statistics that I have, I, I don't really have a lot of tenants that's always gathering together uh, to, to meet up and all this stuff. Not really. A lot of them just want to have their own private space. My internet is good. Uh, I can use the kitchen when I need it. They are happy to have the kind of space. Mm-hmm. So, so that combination of both, and that's where we continue to support the business. What about in situations where you, uh, hypothetical situation where you have people living in a, a communal space who might not get along? How do you deal with something like that? And do you kind of try to match ideal tenants together first, you know, as part of the process? Or, or does that is that something that's like a kind of secondary measure? Mm. For people who, okay, in, when, we, when you manage thousands of tenants, there will be bounds to have a lot of story sure. that's happening. Sure. Um, we do have tenants that eventually not able to uh, hang around together with the rest of the tenant. Yeah. There is cases, there's nuisance. So based on experience, we know what are the probably about the cases that actually, uh, that eventually we might have to evict our tenants. Right. So there's an eviction. So in our agreements where people, before they onboard with us, we do state very clearly, uh, no creation of nuisance, everyone must respect the space. So we did have our own process to make sure everybody agreed on. Mm. In terms of any, uh, it, it violate the, the process and clauses, I do have the options to say that, hey, I'm, I'm sorry, I'd love to have you, but I, I can't hold you for, for the longest run. Mm. I would send a person and eventually ask the person to look for another location. Mm-hmm. So it's just part and parcel of the business. Mm. Would you kind of give me a sense of like, let's say, for example, I was interested in moving into one of these spaces um, in, in JB, for example. How would I go about onboarding uh, into your system? And roughly, can you give me a kind of, uh, I don't know, a ballpark figure of how much I would be expected to pay on a monthly basis as, as a tenant of one of these spaces? Oh, if. Okay, I give you two ranges between a Malaysia unit versus a Singapore unit. And that's why I, yeah, I mean, I specified Malaysia because that's probably what I can afford right now. But, you know, I'm, I'm happy to hear both. I'm happy to hear both. So Malaysia, those are private apartments or condoms that we are managing. Uh, what master room, master bedroom, ensuite unit, good size uh, space. We probably charge about a thousand uh, ringgits, one thousand to one thousand one. Okay, and this includes weekly cleaning. Uh, we do provide services. We do have uh, tenants, uh, managers that are taking care of the needs if there's any things that's happened. 
Mm. That's about thousand one. That yeah. uh, in Singapore, uh, you are taking a look uh, a very good. Um, I would say a very good location, but let's say uh, a location that's near the neighborhood area. Yeah, uh, one must could probably cost you about thousand eight hundred to two thousand six per month. Right. Right. So, so the price varies quite a fair bit. But yeah. if it's in town, one master bedroom can go up to all the way from two thousand five to three thousand dollars per month in wow. Singapore. Right, right, right. I mean, and, and that makes sense. It's just the cost of living in Singapore is, you know, drastically different. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. What What about the onboarding process then, Ernie? How How does that work? Is it an app? Is it a website? Is it a combination? Uh, it is a combination of tenants. We call we call them the prospect. Before they onboard to be a tenant, they take a look at all the informations that uh, we provided on the uh, website. Mm-hmm. Once they, they like it, they'll probably book a time with us and our sales will go in and open the door and let me take a look at the whole environments. Mm-hmm. And if they like it, they'll go ahead and place a booking fee plus the tenancy agreement and everything's go from there and we arrange the timeline. Uh, when do we want to move in? We call the handover and takeover process. Mm. We will hand over the unit and eventually get them to download our app. If there's any issue, they can actually raise a case to us mm. so that our managers can continue to serve that during that mm. stay. Mm. And is there a kind of minimum tenancy period? Mm. Uh, in Singapore, it's three months. Yeah. However, in, we, we aim for at least uh, six months to a year period. Yeah. That will be a better Mm-hmm. Can you, I mean, obviously you, you've done very well in Singapore. Now moving into um, JB, I'm assuming at some point you're going to move further up the peninsula as well. I'd imagine places like Malacca and KL and, and uh, Penang and, and places like that. Is that part of your expansion thinking? Mm, uh, I would say yes, but the very, the very, the, the very first thing that a lot of my uh, co-living uh, friendly competitors, friends from Malaysia, when they started to text me and say, hey, Ernie, how come you choose uh, Johor Bahru? Mm. How come you don't go into and you don't go to other parts of the Malaysia? Mm. Uh, the main reason that is that there are demands where, you know, in Singapore, we started in Singapore, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people that's from Malaysian traveling to Singapore to work. Yeah. And we know that there's uh, a gaps that we need to fill. Yeah. So that is where you want to Yeah. And for the expansion will be PL or the financial hubs. And of course beyond that, uh the next stop will be Vietnam and mm-hmm. the rest of the ASEAN country. Oh wow. Yeah. Where are you most excited about Andy, do you think? Uh you mean in country? Or yeah. In... Yeah in country. In which, country? which 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 uh, seems to be presenting you with the most opportunity. I, I still love Singapore mm-hmm. and Next one, uh, Malaysia has been giving me a, a very good support in, in the business. And of course, the next one will be Vietnam. Reason because of the growth rates uh, of how uh, technology and the tech hub are, are evolving. Um, People are really coming into a space that is between co-working and co-living space together. And we mm. call them the, the co-work living uh, ecosystem. Okay. So for... For the co-working space itself in technological area like 
uh, Ho Chi Minh or even in Malaysia, there are people that really wants to find to work in the co-working space. However, traveling back to their home is challenging. And this is where we've bought between a co-work living space together to find a full solution that people can stay and work within the same space. And this is where the move that we are moving towards to find a full combined solutions. Okay, that sounds very interesting. So it would be like one building with everything in it. So the co-working space, the co-living space, I, I like the idea of this. And it, it's I love the idea of, you know, people working in communities. It, it's kind of going back to how we, we used to be before, before we all kind of separated and gave ourselves silos and screens and one thing or another. I, I like the idea about this. Ernie, just before I, I, I let you go, I guess, I've got one more question for you. And, and that's about, you know, competition in general in, in this space. Um, and how fierce is it where you are right now in, ter in terms of you got, I mean, when we were looking at just look, just at co-working spaces, for example, there are so many different co-working companies out there right now. I mean, obviously you're different to those because you're a co-living space. What is competition like and how do you keep those competitors at bay? Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll give you a very, uh, I think business will definitely have the, uh, I would say like they are invisible model. Means yeah. that people will feel that Bernie, you are running a co-living business. Yeah. But we we don't just run like a co-living business. Yeah. Co-living is actually of the business that we do. Mm. But group of people that we are managing the working professionals, they are actually a group of people that we are serving also. Example like hey, uh, if there's a companies that required uh, someone, for example, tech developer, yeah, they might also come and say, Ernie, will you be have someone that's really based in Singapore that within your database that you have to mm -hmm. support me in performance of uh, talents acquisition? Mm -hmm. So, so being, I we can't be always be just providing shelters or services to them. You have to go beyond what a co-living uh, services can provide perhaps mm -hmm. individual tech and becomes strategic partnership with them. So that will give uh, huge changes in, in the business model. That's smart. I mean, so uh, effectively, if people are headhunting for programmers or for something, you know, they can also come to you and say, how many programmers have you got living with you guys? Or, you know, uh, how many marketers have you got living with you guys? And then you can go out and you can kind of target them on behalf, ah, I, I like this idea. Well done. Okay. So, so in general, there must be different business model that we can do and to make a turn and a twist to give a different kind of solutions. And yeah. that will keep us in competition. If yeah. not, just writing a shelter, everyone can come in with the same solutions. It will just be in a red sea ocean. Yeah, yeah. Well, Eddie, thank you so much for spending time with you this morning. Thank you so much, man. Thanks for having me, Christian. Absolute so pleasure. Good luck with everything. And when you do get up to KL at some point, give me a look and I'll uh, I'll come out and check out some of your properties and take you for a coffee. <laughs>
Okay. Well, I've been on the phone with Ernie Ong. Of course, uh, it, we've been diving into the dynamic world of co-living, a modern concept that has redefined the way we experience shared spaces. Uh, they're often characterized by communal living arrangements and a strong sense of community and have become, of course, uh, increasingly popular. Uh, at the forefront of this uh, co-living movement is Bespoke Habitat. If you did miss any part of this show, don't forget you can download the podcast wherever you normally get it from. I recommend the BFM app that's available in the Apple App Store. Uh, and of course, we're also in Google Play. This has been Open for Business, the show that dives deep into the journeys and ventures of entrepreneurs and business leaders here on BFM 89.9, the business station. Are you open for business? Register your company with BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.